see you all today. Thanks for coming here today. Thanks for coming and worshiping the Lord with us. Hey, real fast, just want to give a big shout out to our dream teamers. Um, last week we had our dream team banquet and it was a lot of fun. We had a great t- night with Elijah. Um, a, lot of, a lot of fun things happening. And I just want to just say, um, just kind of from a personal note and from my heart today, thank you for everything that you do. I know many of you, you show up early on Sunday mornings, you serve in a variety of areas, and, and we just can't express enough how appreciative we are and how thankful we are, because there are a lot of things going on that take place on a Sunday morning. Um, many of you, you would kind of freak out if you didn't get your coffee. Y'all, are y'all like me? Uh, you need your coffee, and man, just an incredible opportunity for that to happen. Uh, our children being taken care of, um, just all the student ministry, um, greeters, ushers, again, just so many things going on. And I just want to tell you guys, thank you for all that you do. It's awesome. If you've not yet joined the Dream Team, we are in, in, imploring you and encouraging you to join the Dream Team. You just go through a four-week growth track, about a 35, 40-minute uh, meeting, uh, kind of understand some things about the church, begin to understand some things about yourself, your giftedness, and just kind of a way for you just to step into what God actually has for you. Um, I know that many of you have a purpose with the jobs that you do, but I'm telling you, God has a purpose for you inside of the body of Jesus Christ. And we, we just want to encourage you to find that, discover that, because when you are doing what you're called to do, um, you'll, you'll just go, I was wired to do this. You'll just know, and we want to help you find that. So, so encourage you to do that, but again, thank you to all the dream teamers that do that. Hey, let's stand up right where we're at, give you one more opportunity to stretch your legs. Um, Joshua 1.8 says, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night. And I think it's interesting that it says it's from your mouth, that it's important that we don't just kind of hear the word of God in just in our hearts, but that we're speaking the word of God all the time. In fact, it's one of the cool things about worship is that you, you may not really believe this morning that God is good because of some things that you're faced with and some challenges that you're faced with and yet you can step into a moment like this and start singing that God is good God is good and suddenly you're declaring what the word of God says about God and things begin to move in the spirit realm things begin to change and so I just want to encourage you to always learn to speak words of life in everything that you do so that's why we start off our service like this so let's make these declarations together y'all ready God is who he says he is God will do what he says he will do I am who God says I am. I can do all things through Christ. God's word is truth. God's word is alive and active in me. And now because of what Christ has done, I'm highly favored, greatly blessed, and deeply loved. Y'all believe that today? All right, let me pray over you today. Father, I pray today that we would not go through the motions, God, today of church. God, I pray today, Father, that you would speak a fresh word to every one of us. Lord, I recognize today in this size of an audience, there are people here today that they don't even know you yet as their Lord and Savior. And Lord, there are people here that have been followers of Jesus Christ for a long time. But Lord, no matter where we're at on our journey, God, there is always more. God, there's always more that you're speaking to us, always more that you're breathing into us, God. And I pray that our hearts would be open. I pray that our minds would be clear today, Father, and that your word would find fertile soil in our hearts today. So I thank you to God today for your great grace, for your mercy, and for your love. Thank you for the way that you love us unconditionally today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to James chapter 1. 
James chapter 1, verse 22. I want to begin a new series today called Essentials, and I want to talk about those things that are essential, things that are foundational to those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, things that are basic and the basis for of how to walk in the abundant life that God has for you. Have you ever noticed that there are some followers of Jesus Christ that are walking in the abundant life, that they're, they're having victory in their lives, they're having amazing things happening in their life on a continual basis, and there are other people that are not? There are some followers of Jesus Christ that get beat up by life all the time. They're, they're struggling just to kind of survive as a Christian. And, and I'm not saying that when you are walking in victory that you don't have challenges, I'm not saying that you don't face struggles. I'm not saying that there aren't issues that come into our life. But sometimes we get in a position where we feel defeated and we, stuck in, we get stuck in that position of being defeated. And we remain in that position of being defeated and God doesn't want us to stay there. He wants us to walk in the fullness of life that he has for us. So what we've got to get settled in our heart is the reckless love that God has for every one of us. That God loves us unconditionally. That God loves us despite of our failures. That God loves us when we're doing our best and when we're doing our worst. We've really got to get that settled. And the challenge is, is that we see love through a filter of the way love was portrayed to us. If, if for you, in your life you had a very mean person in your life, whether it was a, a, a parent or a family member, and you really didn't know that they loved you, but for whatever reason, this was just the way they expressed love, we have a tendency to view that's the way that God loves us. And we've got to understand that that's foundational. In fact, we just finished the series, Reckless Love, and if you missed any of that or all of that, I want to encourage you to go back, listen to that, get that settled in your heart today. But today, I want to talk about the challenge that we face in understanding God's grace and the importance of right behaviors in our life. That both of those understandings are important to understand God's grace, to understand that it's about his undeserved, unmerited favor in our lives. But there's something that we must learn to walk out so that we see the grace, the undeserved, the unmerited favor showing up in our lives. And I want to talk about today, but I want to make sure that I don't, in talking about our behavior, move us off the understanding of resting in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Because it's, sometimes it's very hard to navigate, understanding that it's all about what Jesus has done, but now because of what Jesus has done, I want to walk out the things that Jesus has already done and completed for me. And we sometimes find ourselves in one camp or the other where we're totally in grace and where we really just live however we want to live. We live our lives contrary to the word of God. We violate the word of God and we have all this junk coming into our lives. Or we move over into self-effort and it's all about me trying, me struggling. I'm trying to earn the favor of God. I'm trying to do all the right things for God to love me. Are y'all picking up what I'm laying down today? It's a challenge that we face. And I, want to, I don't want to deal with that today and I want to talk about it from the from the spectrum of God's grace, but we've got to understand how important our behavior is. In fact, Ephesians 2 says this, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works. God actually created you and I to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You were created to do good works. In fact, it's one of the things that's so important about our growth track. It's one of the things that's so important about small group ministry. It's so one of the things that's so important about you finding your part in the body of Jesus Christ is because you were created to do good works. 
And you're created to do good works to encourage one another, to, to speak life into one another because you never know what the person that you're sitting next to is dealing with. You never know what they just walked through this week, the challenge that they faced. And you don't know in a moment what you handing them a donut might mean to them in the morning. What you handing them a cup of coffee, you taking their kids that they, they were screaming and crying all the way here and you're just like, oh, thank you, Jesus, 45 minutes of rest, right? In fact, I was going to say this um, when we were not baptizing but dedicating the babies. Um, I know some of you, when I said that, you were thinking, oh, I'm baptizing my baby today? Uh, <laughs> Uh, but, you know, it's interesting because we, we, we want to dedicate the babies to the Lord, but it's really, we would prefer probably to dedicate teenagers to the Lord, right? I mean, oh, God, you know, help me out here. And it kind of reminds me of Moses and God having this conversation when Moses is leading the children of Israel. They had this argument of God, Moses is saying to God, God, your people, and God's saying, no, your people, right? They're, they're arguing back and forth with that. And we never know the opportunity of the life that we have to speak into somebody's life. It's why the devil wants to distract us, why he wants us to get us focused on the wrong things. We've got to recognize and understand that God has a purpose on our life. And sometimes that purpose is a lot of fun. Sometimes the purpose is just when you're in the wheelhouse of what you're called to do, it's just amazing. But even when you're in the wheelhouse of what you're called to do, it's not always a lot of fun. Sometimes your flesh is battling you, saying, give up. You're not making a difference. It doesn't matter. I'm here today to tell you it does matter. The kind words that you speak to one another here, the kind words that we speak to our wait staff, the kind words that we speak to our boss, to our employees, to our co-workers, it matters. It matters. You never know in one moment what your word of encouragement can do to change somebody's life forever. So it's essential that we understand this, so that we understand this issue of God's grace, but we also understand the importance of of moving into all that God has for us. So we can't be removed from the understanding that our right standing with God is founded upon the finished work of Jesus Christ. It's about his finished work. So why are our behaviors important? I want to look at James chapter 1, verse 22. It says this, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. See, it's very easy to come into church and be a hearer of the word, But what God wants you to do is not just be a hearer of the word. He wants you to be a doer of the word. Ephesians 4 says that I as a pastor am called to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And so we want to be doers of the word. And so I I want you to understand that, that there are some people who quote this verse really just trying to move us out of grace that they want to try to make it all about self-effort. So what does this verse mean? Well, to understand a verse, you always have to look at the verse in the context of the whole passage. Uh, What we do a lot of times is we pull a text out, and we remove text from the context, and all we're left is the con. And that's why a lot of times we get conned into something because we've taken a verse out of context. But the verse again says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. So a lot of people quote that verse and they stop there, but God really wants you to continue on. Because in the next verse it says, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. You have to understand that as a child of God, the spirit of God lives inside of you. That means the seed of the Spirit of God is inside of you, even if the fruit is not there yet. 
So when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, all of that seed is inside of you. You are patient. Some of you don't believe that. You are patient. How do I know that? Because the seed of God's Spirit is inside of you. But what happens is we go to the Word of God and we understand, I'm patient, but we walk away and we forget and we start acting impatient. Now, all of us are going to act impatient from time to time, but a lot of times we, unjust, we justify our wrong behavior saying, this is who I am. No, you're not. You are patient. As a child of God, you are patient. And, and by the way, the, the, the mirror is an analogy of the word of God. In fact, 2 Corinthians says this, beholding as in a mirror the glory of God. So when we open the word of God, his word is like a mirror, and you see from the word of God what God's word says about you. Now, a lot of you thought the word of God was a rule book, that it was a regulation book, and that's why you don't like reading the word of God, because you're kind of thinking, look, if I'm just ignorant of it, maybe God will give me a pass if I don't understand all the rules, all right? That's not what the word of God is for. You're looking into the word of God and you're understanding things about yourself. You need to understand from the word of God what God says about you. Because when we look into God's word, we're looking into the mirror. And when we're looking into the mirror, we're seeing ourselves the way that God sees us. The problem is, after we walk away, we forget what the word of God says sometimes. We become forgetful hearers and we forget who we are. That you are patient, that you are an overcomer, that you are a conqueror, that you are healed. Amen. Verse 24, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. So instead of seeing ourselves the way that God sees us, we see ourselves incorrectly. Because we have forgotten who we are. One of the foundational or essential elements of Christianity is viewing our lives the way that God views us. So how does God see us? I want to give you some scripture today. You may want to write some of these down because listen, you don't need to wait until you're dealing with a challenge to try to go figure out how to overcome the challenge. Why not learn ahead of time so when the challenge comes, you can stand on the word of God. So simply write these down. Listen, if you're struggling with your, the eternal security of a believer, you think that you get, get saved, you sin, you lose your salvation, here's what the Word of God says, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God did not fix the old you. He made you a brand new you. Struggling with provision. Does God really want to provide for me? I failed God too much. Here's what the word of God says, Philippians 4. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches, where? In the economy, based on our government? No, in glory by Christ Jesus. For those of you that feel like I'm defeated all the time, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to win. Romans 8 says, yet in all these things we are more than conquerors. Listen, God didn't just say that you were a conqueror. He said that you're more than a conqueror through him who loved us. Those of you who are wondering, God, would you please heal me? Listen, you're already healed. First Peter 2, 24 says, by whose stripes, talking about Jesus, the beating that he bore, you were healed. You were healed 2,000 years ago. You're not trying to be healed. You are already healed. You just have to start believing and receiving what God already says about you. For those of you that think that I'm never going to be able to overcome this sin. 
Listen, this is a big one for a lot of us. For sin, Romans 6, for sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. Sin does not have dominion over you. You don't know me. I'm telling you, sin does not have dominion over you. If you look into the word of God, you'll understand it doesn't have dominion over you. For those of you that feel like your life is cursed, Galatians 3 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. And here's why. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. You've been redeemed from the curse today. One final one for those that you deal with condemnation. For you that think that God is constantly condemning you to try to get you to do the right thing, Romans 8 says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. So we need to look at these passages and we need to say, wow, that's who I am. Close the book and then walk away remembering who you are. So you're sitting in school and your science teacher begins teaching the theory of evolution. I want to remind you, it's a theory. And that teaches you that instead of being created in the image of God, it teaches you that you evolved from monkeys. And if you don't have confidence in what God's word says about you, you will walk away from that teaching, believe that you came from monkeys. Listen, some of you may think that you came from monkeys. I don't know about you, but I did not come from a monkey. All right? Or you're watching TV and a particular sitcom comes on and there's an attack against the moral character that you believe in of who God created you to be. And if you don't have confidence in who you are, you'll buy into the lie of the enemy and you'll sell yourself short of God's abundant life for you. You'll give away your innocence. Listen, there is a cultural norm today that if you don't have sex by about the second or third date, there's actually something wrong with you. Listen, you don't have to give away your innocence. Young people, listen to me. You don't have to give away your innocence. Listen, if you've already done it, stop. You don't have to give away your innocence. You don't have to violate the word of God just because it's popular in our cultural norm. You don't have to give away your integrity. Well, everyone kind of cheats on this, so it's okay. No, you don't have to give away your integrity today. You don't have to give away your character. You don't have to give away. We do because we become a forgetful hearer. We think that God's not going to bless us unless we try to bless ourselves. So i got to cheat on my income taxes. That's coming up. Oh, that just passed, didn't it? <laughs> I've been remodeling, so I've been like in a fog for the last two months. Listen, and the wrong kind of information is constantly bombarding our minds. Through what people are saying around us all the time. Hey, it's okay. It doesn't matter. Everyone's doing it. It's all right to all kinds of media forms from television and different things. And if you hear it and watch it and realize where the dangers are in trying to change your thinking, you're going to be okay. But if you become a forgetful here and forget who you are, forget who you are as a child of God, you will be a doer of what the world says and reap that instead of being a doer of what the Word of God says and reap that. Are you all understanding this today? Because I've got to tell you, it's very easy for us to move again into grace where, God, it's all about grace and I don't really have to do what the Word of God says all the way over to I legally got to struggle and try to make things happen. We've got to understand it's the grace that causes us to do, walk out what it is that God is doing in our hearts and lives. Verse 25 says this, and, and I kind of talked about this a second ago, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, the Word of God is liberty. 
It's not bondage. It's not rules and regulations. And continues in it. You got to continue in it. Don't give up. And if you give up, go back to doing it again. And it's not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. Listen, you are not blessed by God because of your obedience. But you are blessed by God because you understand who you are in Christ. That is the root. The right behavior, the obedience is the fruit that starts taking place in your life from right believing. So we need to make sure that we don't become forgetful hearers. That's why we're speaking the word of God all the time. That God is who he says he is. God can do what he says he will do. I am who God says I am. I can do all things through Christ. God's word is truth. God's word is alive and active in me. And now because of what Christ has done, I'm highly favored, greatly blessed, and deeply loved. We're speaking it all the time. The tongue does have the power of life and death. So we need to make sure that we don't become forgetful hearers. Otherwise, you'll go to have coffee with a friend or a business associate, and they'll start talking to you about how bad things are right now. Y'all have any of these people in your life? How difficult it is in school or how bad business is and how no one can make money in this economy. And you'll find yourself agreeing with them. You're right. It's too difficult. Man, my, my teacher's just making my life miserable, or the, the economy's so bad right now because of the oil prices or because of relations between U.S. and Canada, and you start blaming people. And the more the two of you sit there and talk about how bad things are, you convince each other that it's worse than what you originally thought. <laughs> you ever been there? You already think it's bad, and then you sit with somebody else, and you go, oh, man, I didn't even realize how bad it actually was. And even though you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you buy into what the world says instead of what the word says. Hey, real quick side note, we're not denying facts. We just recognize that facts are subject to change. Things may be a little bit challenging right now, but truth will not change. And the more you see it, all these negative things, the more you say it, and the more you say it, the more it grows and grows, and heaviness and depression start seeping into your soul. Instead of realizing that you're more than, it's what God says about you, you begin to believe that you're less than. That God, I'm just, I'm just not smart enough to run my business. God, I'm just not smart enough to do well in school. God, I'm just not, and God's saying, no, no, that, who told you that? You're more than today. You're more than. I'm going to say it until y'all get it. You're more than today. You're not less than today. Your family may speaking, be speaking that you're less. Listen, you're not what the world says you are. You're, you're not what the devil says you are. Listen, you're not even what you say you are when you're saying things that are co- contradicting the word of God. You are who God says you are. And the more you begin to understand that, the more that you'll walk in that. I'm a conqueror. I can be obedient. I can follow the purpose and plan of God in my life doesn't mean that you're not going to have some setbacks and mistakes along the way and we have a tendency to allow the setbacks and the and the problems to define us rather than letting God define us so you spend time with friends and that happens or you spend time with family and they start talking about their aches and pains and how difficult things is and and how you begin talking about the aches and pains you have and then you've got that family member that's the topper you know what I'm talking about? No matter what's going on in your life, hey, that ain't nothing. You got that, I got this, right? And, and they'll start talking about how, you know, when you hit 40, man, everything goes south. When you hit 40, man, it's all downhill from there. And the more they talk, this weight comes on you because you've forgotten the person that you are. 
You've forgotten the person that God's called you to be. But listen, if you're not a forgetful hearer, and you can change today, if you're not a forgetful hearer, if you forgot, it's okay. Get back to remembering again. If you're not a forgetful hearer, but being a doer of the word, is when people start talking about how bad things are, you begin to say to them, yeah, it's true, but there's nothing but supernatural advantage for me because of the grace and favor of God on my life. They'll begin to ask you, what's that all about? You say, man, go to the word of God. Because listen, y'all remember the, the commercial for Prego, that, that, that um, sauce? And what they would say is, it's in there. I want you to know everything that you need to live the abundant life that God has for you, it's in the Word of God. It's found in the Word of God. It's, you can stand on the Word of God. You can trust the Word of God today. Amen? Amen? So when people start talking about how bad it gets after 40, I'm just barely past 40 by 14 years. But when people start talking about how bad it is, how bad it is, and when it gets 40, you can say, listen, I believe that my youth is being renewed like the eagles. Listen, that's what Psalms 103 says, that we will mount up with wings like eagles. Our youth is being renewed like the eagles. Hey, cool story. I was on a bike trip recently, and I was riding and came around the bend, and literally about from here to the, the pulpit, a bald eagle was sitting alongside of the road, and I'm riding on my bike on this country road, and all of a sudden, it took off flying right beside me, and I was sitting there looking at this majestic bird. I mean, it was amazing. Probably seven, eight-foot wingspan. And I'd never been that close to one out in the wild. It was amazing. And I began thinking about how the youth is renewed, how what an amazing bird that is, and how our youth is renewed. But listen, if you look in the Word of God and walk away and become a forgetful hearer and you start listening to people, man, things are falling apart, get a little aches and pains, listen, don't put up with it. Don't put up with it. You know, when, when I work out I, um, in the mornings, I go in a lot of times and I'm, something's kind of bothering me sometimes. I've got a little trick knee or whatever. And I'll tell Daniel about it. Daniel will go, okay, yeah, whatever. Hey, let's get working out on it. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, I want a little sympathy here for a moment, right? Because we like that. But listen, when I start just forgetting about it, I can get in and work. But if he goes, oh, man, why don't you just sit down for a while? Why don't you just take it? How many of you know I wouldn't work out? And that's exactly what the enemy wants us to do, is to buy into, boy, it's just so tough, it's just so challenging. Hey, just take a break. Listen, get out of serving. You know what? You're in a tough season of your life. Just get out of serving. It's an lie and attack from the enemy because you are equipped with something that this body needs. You're, you're equipped with something that our culture needs. It's important that we understand that. Listen, man, when you begin to declare the word of God, God's looking at you and he's saying, man, that's my child. And they, they're speaking just like me. They don't speak on what they see. They don't speak what I, they speak what I say about them. They speak what they want to see. That's why the word of God says that we can call into being those things that are not as though they were. Now, just so you know, we can't make stuff up. All right, you can't just decide, I want to be an NFL football player. Elijah talked about that last week. But what you can say is, I'm more than a conqueror in the midst of your worst defeat. And you start speaking it, you'll start walking it out in your life. So you speak what we want to see or we speak what the word of God says about us. Listen, and instead of seeing yourself sick, start seeing yourself healthy. Let me say that again. Instead of seeing yourself sick, start seeing yourself healthy. Well, how do I do that? Look, don't look at the facts, look at the truth. By his stripes, we are healed today. Listen, stop seeing yourself broke and start seeing yourself prosperous. 
God wants to prosper you. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it. And you look up the word rich in the Hebrew and it means rich. God wants you to be rich. He doesn't want to make it about the stuff. And I know that we get fearful of talking about how God wants to bless us because we're afraid of us seeking after the blessing. But listen, when babies are immature, they seek after the blessing. Listen, when my kids were young, man, they didn't, there wasn't an equal thing happening. I did a lot more for them than they did for me. Now that my, my sons and my daughter-in-loves are, are getting older, they're, they're speaking back into us. They're maturing, and there's a maturing going on. But we've got to understand how good God is. It's not about the things. It's about the goodness of God. And let's not be afraid to talk about the goodness of God. Because see things showing up in your life. Fast forward 10 years and you're hanging out with your family members again and there's a spring in your step because your youth has been renewed like the eagles. I, I've, I've loved pastoring over the last 15 years this church because I watch people come in so beat up by life, so beat up by just things and they just, they, honestly, they look older than what they really are. And I watch God begin to renew their youth and five years later they look 10 years younger than they did five years ago. It's the most amazing thing in the world. But you're hanging out with your family and you're declaring God's goodness and your relatives about the same age as you comes walking in all crotchety and he's kind of like one of the two puppets in, Muppets in the Muppets show up in the balcony. You all know what I'm talking about, the two gripers up there. And they're like, what are you so happy about? What's going on there? <laughs> Listen, when the dust settles, we'll see the one who is walking in God's favor is the one who's confident in the goodness of God. They understand who their God is and they understand who they are in Christ Jesus. And God will help you to see what is good and will cause his favor to show up in your life. But here's the key, we gotta keep our tongue from evil. And, and that's not just saying like crude things, that's just saying things that are contradicting the word of God. To, to declare negative things over our life all the time. So it's essential to be a doer of the word, to not forget what kind of person we are that God has created us to be. And once you read the word, don't forget who you are. Don't forget that you've been redeemed from the curse. Because then you're going to go to some magazine or you're going to hear some report about how people that are your age or people that are of your gender, people that are of your nationality, that one in five people are going to get this particular disease. You ever read something like that? You just have to, in that moment, say, not me. Not me. Galatians 3.13 says, I have been redeemed from the curse. And I know who I am. I've been redeemed, and I'm going to declare I've been redeemed. Again, it's important that the word of God be on our lips. In fact, Psalms 107 verse 2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. In fact, let's say it. I've been redeemed. Come on, try it again. I've been redeemed. Try it again. I've been redeemed. One more time. I've been redeemed. Listen, the more that you say that, you can start recognizing that curse should not be involved in my life. Now, what happens when the curse shows up in our life? I was talking to my men's group this past Wednesday about the issue of sickness. We talk about by his stripes we're healed, and we think that because of that, sickness won't ever show up in our lives. Listen, God knew that sickness was going to show up in our lives from time to time. We live in a fallen world, but by his stripes I've been healed, so God wants to provide healing for the sickness that I'm dealing with. But I can declare what the world says or what the situation says, or I can declare what the word of God says. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. What's the promise you need to show up in your life? 
What's the thing that you're dealing with? What's the thing that you need victory in your life? Start declaring it. Start saying it. If you'll speak it at the beginning, you will see it at the end. In fact, 2 Corinthians 4 says this, it is written, I believe, therefore I spoke, quoting the psalmist. And it says, with that same spirit of faith, we also believe, therefore we speak. And just so you know, you are speaking what you believe all the time. I believe, therefore I speak. And I'm telling you, some of you, you're still not sure about all this, saying the word of God and declaring the word of God. And I I watch you while we're making the declarations and you're kind of like, I'm still not sure about that. I want to I throw out a little bit of a challenge to you and I want to encourage you to try it. Try just declaring what the Word of God says, not how you feel. Try declaring what the Word of God says, not just what's happening in the moment. And you are going to watch God supernaturally change your life. Listen, this is for when we're going through really tough times, but it's when we're going through really good times too. Because sometimes we arrive to this level of Christianity and we think that we've arrived and we're, we're kind of get stuck. Rather than recognizing God wants us to go on and continue to walk in more of the fullness of life that he has for us. Why? So that other people, other family members can go, wow, what's happening in your life? And you can say, let me tell you about the goodness of my God. So I believe, therefore, I speak. Again, here's the challenge in this issue of being a doer of the word is because it becomes easy for us to think that I've got to add works to my faith. I've got to do something in order for God to do something. God is already moving. Let me say it again. God is already moving. He's already blessing. He's already, that's why again, I shared this a few weeks ago. The Bible says that God causes it to rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. God is already moving, but when we are believing and speaking what God has already done and doing, we begin moving with God. We get in agreement with him. That's why sometimes when we don't say it or we just stand there, God comes by and we go, oh, that's, okay, I guess that's not for me. Or it comes, oh, that's, oh, I guess that's not for me either. What God is saying is start saying, hey, God, thank you that you're my healer. Thank you that you're my provider. God, thank you that you're taking care of me. God, thank you that you're watching over me. Thank you that your word says that you put a hedge of protection around me. God, thank you that I'm the head and not the tail, that I'm above and not beneath, that I'm blessed in the city, I'm blessed in the country. I'm blessed when I go in, I'm blessed when I come out. I'm just moving with what God is already doing. I I didn't make it happen. I'm just moving with what God's already doing. Because it's easy for us to get back into self-effort. Especially if you're like me and you were raised that way. It, it can become almost your default mode until you really get it set that it's a finished work that Jesus has already done. And now because of what Jesus Christ has done, I want to walk in everything that Jesus Christ has done. Let me close with this. Because what God wants is for us to put our trust in Him, to believe in Him. Believing is the root, becoming a doer of the Word is the fruit. When I'm not doing right, it's because I'm not believing right. And so I don't adjust my behavior, I adjust my believing. When when I'm in relationships and there's some tension going on and I think that I have to be the Holy Spirit and fix the other person, can I get a witness today? I'm believing wrong. I have to step back in and say, God, I trust you. Now, I'm going to have the conversation, but it is based out of, God, I trust you. So look into the word of God, understand who you are, and then believe and speak who God says you are. 
be a doer of the word.